Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and you're listening to episode 143 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's podcast episode, we're going to pick up where we left off with our discussion about Maggie's first trip to Walt Disney World. If you didn't listen to part one, of course, I encourage you to go back and find episode 142, the episode right before this one, to hear some of our uh, strategies and advice for planning and packing for our Disney vacation. We talked a bit about where we stayed and why we really enjoyed staying at that resort in that particular room type. We talked about the flight itself and transportation to and from Orlando International Airport to get to our Disney resort and how we navigated around property with a baby in tow. In part two, this part podcast episode, we're going to discuss a little bit more about our day-by-day itinerary, what it was like to navigate the parks with Maggie, some of her reactions to the characters and to the attractions, and we'll sum up with answering a few of the questions that were submitted on Instagram that we didn't get to prior to answering those questions. And we'll also sort of recap our experiences and discuss why we think you should make the trip to Disney if you're considering going with an infant or a toddler, um, or if you're thinking about doing that now or in the future. And of course, at the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer podcast. Let's talk about um, Citrico's. Was her Maggie's first time out at a restaurant? Period. Yeah. Period. She'd she... never gone out to a restaurant before. Yeah. So that was interesting. She loved it. She ate the menu. She, well, oh, she uh, nibbled on the menu. Unfortunately, yeah, she nibbled on the paper menu and bit off a piece, and I had to kind of get out of her mouth. <laughs> fork, fork that out of her mouth before she started swallowing all the paper. Yeah. She was fine with that, though. She's she's tried to eat paper before. <laughs> and we requested a high chair when we showed up, and they got a high chair for her. She sat really nicely. She played with the Citrico's napkins. Um, I have some really cute pictures of her doing that and some videos. And they gave her kids mashed potatoes, which she loved. Absolutely loved the mashed potatoes. And then that first night was, we should talk about getting Maggie adjusted to the room. Yeah. Because there was a learning curve. There was a learning curve for all of us, really. Um, that first night was really rough. She was up ten she, times, I think. I don't know. We hardly slept, whatever it was. Well, it's Disney. You never yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, we, we were fine the next day. We had all the all the energy still to go that next. Uh, yeah, we still did uh, park open. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we didn't go to close. No, we didn't. Um, so I, I think you mentioned earlier about the 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 temperature control. Yes. And when we're at home, Maggie sleeps in like seventy three degrees. Um. So we wanted to make sure it was going to be a similar temperature for her when we were there. 
But unfortunately, um, the air conditioning um, kept turning on and off throughout the night. You know, because it's one of those auto things. But when it turned on, it would blow across the room. And I noticed that you, even when you're in the bed under the covers, you can feel the blow on your face. And almost every time it turned on in the middle of the night, Maggie woke up. So that, to me, meant that the blowing of cool air was directly on her at some point. And she did not like that. <laughs> and so she would get up. And throughout that night, I I did move the crib to try to get the placement right and um, so that maybe the wind was not blowing on her as much. So I tried to move move the crib around to block it, block the flow of air. Again, it it didn't work. So um, there was a rough night, and I think that was one of the main reasons why she kept getting up was just because that cool air was blowing on her. Turning off the air would have been a terrible idea because oh, it is yeah. it is Florida, it is humid, <laughs> so we had to keep it on, unfortunately. Um, by the second night, though, since we had two different cooling systems in our one-bedroom suite, like, right, one-bedroom suite. There was a, It was an executive suite. Oh, one-bedroom suites were even bigger. Oh, wow. <laughs> Never mind, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wish, Maggie wants it next time. You wish you had that. Um, since we had two different cooling systems, we turned the living room cooling system on like 69 um, or 68 even. I think it was 65. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't think it went that cold though. Um, and we kept the door to the bedroom just open. So we were getting the cool air um, from the living room and we weren't letting it blow directly on us. We did turn off the cooling, the, we did turn off the system in the bedroom and that I believe was the first night that she slept through the night, uh, in her whole life. Yep. <laughs> and her life is not that long. I know that, but she has never slept completely through the night. I mean, we put her down around 10 30 and then she, she did not go she did not wake up until... The alarm went off the at alar- 6 a.m. The alarm went off at 6, and I looked at Matt. I'm like, did we not get up? Is the, <laughs> is the baby okay? I look at her. She's still... She's, like, asleep, but she woke up as if the alarm woke her up. Disney is a magical place. <laughs> she slept right through the night. So that was our learning curve. I mean, we had a pretty terrible night um, the first night um, just because of all that... And then the other nights were pretty normal. Yeah, except for the, of course, sleeping through the night. For the yes. first For the first and probably last, last time. time. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the subject of the room, the other thing I want to mention that was really nice about being in a Disney resort is the on-demand part of the in-room TVs were wonderful. We... In the mornings, we had to get ready together. Um, Joanna and I pretty much had to get ready at the same time to make sure we were out the door on time. And we would keep Maggie in the crib and we would turn on the on-demand stations and you could rotate between stories. In fact, there were nights we would be getting ready pretty quickly to go to bed and because we, we wanted to make sure we got as close to eight hours as possible. And we would leave a bedtime story on for her. They're usually 12 to 15 minutes long. They have one for Tangled. They have one for Frozen. It's like reading a bedtime story um, with like illustrations, just pictures, and a narrator talking through the story of that movie. They had, we'd put on 
some animal documentaries for her that were also on demand, like Disney animal documentaries. They had the Timon and Pumbaa wild about safety videos, which I love from back in the day. Back in the 90s? I think, I think the from, 2000s. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're the 2000s. I thought, um, I thought they were back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't used that phrase in a while. And so those were really nice. So it was nice to have those in the room for her um, and have her be able to be entertained while we were getting ready. That was a nice, nice aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the parks because this is the exciting stuff and what I'm sure a lot of people came to this podcast episode to learn more about. And we should start with what we brought with us. We, of course, brought our Kingdom Stroller rental and we usually kept our umbrellas in there, um, the two umbrellas that we had. We kept the water bottles, Joanna's refillable popcorn bucket we've talked about before. We brought it back with us. The refillable popcorn bucket is yep. my life. Yeah, refill. <laughs> use that to refill popcorn as a snack, uh, $2 popcorn refills throughout our vacation. And then we, of course, brought the diaper bag with us, which... I only brought a few things that I needed, um, you know, including like my Bonneral audio microphones, a portable charger, because inevitably I always end up needing a portable charger on my Disney vacations. Absolutely. Um, as, long, as well as the, the charger that goes with it or the, the cord that goes with it. Um, and then for Maggie, we made sure we had enough diapers for the day. We which, made sh- which actually ended up being about seven or eight. Yes. Just so just to let you know. <laughs> just to be prepared. Yeah. Was, she didn't go through all seven and eight every single day, but that's about how many I brought per day. Um, wipes, big thing of wipes. Big, Vaseline. Big thing of Vaseline. In our diaper bag, we have like a liner that goes over any of the changing tables. So I use that every single time on the changing tables extra clothes for her um i did bring like three outfits and i also brought her um blanket if there's some kind of like mess that happens um a quick cleanup blanket would be uh useful but you know it wasn't that heavy of a diaper bag when it came down to like the stuff for maggie it did get heavy with the refillable water bottles though yes oh my my back was killing me and the sunscreen the sunscreen the water bottles especially when they were full and my back was like really put to work. My back and my shoulders were really put to work on this trip. Um, and then occasionally might be holding Maggie too um, or pushing the stroller. So that was uh, a load on my back, literally, but it was certainly worth it to have everything with us. And still walking through security was breeze. I figured out on previous trips, and they've also identified and tell guests if you have umbrellas with you in the parks to take them out of your bag because security, the system always sort of... Um, it doesn't really know what an umbrella is or can't differentiate it from something more dangerous. So it always flags anyone with an umbrella. So I always put the umbrellas in the stroller because they're going to be checking the stroller anyway. And then I also figured out by day two that if you have a can of sunscreen. Yeah, the spray ones. The spray ones. It goes those, That also sets it off because I was getting called um, both days. And so I said, let me try day three putting the sunscreen in the bottom of the stroller too. And sure enough, I walked through without a problem. So um, <laughs> the first time. The first time. So if you have a can of sunscreen, any sort of like metal cans or um, you know umbrellas, if you have a stroller with you, put it in the stroller because they're going to physically check everything in the stroller anyway. Um, or if you are going through, just know that your bag is going to be flagged and you'll have your bag checked as well. Not a problem. I love the extra security at Disney. Maggie does too. She's starting to talk again. 
I got to tell you right now, we're an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast, but we have been technically sitting at this table for five hours. <laughs> it is more challenging to record a podcast with a baby than to go to Disney with a baby. <laughs> It is more challenging to record a podcast episode with a baby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, let's talk about our Epcot day. Um, I will also mention briefly, we did take a minivan from Citricos. We also took a minivan to Epcot. We could have taken a bus, but we needed some extra time in the morning. It was our first morning with Maggie. Ended up being convenient. Um, the reason we love minivans at Disney, and again, they are more expensive than taking an Uber or a Lyft. So if you're looking for the cheapest way... Bus transportation is the cheapest way. Second cheapest way is an Uber or a Lyft. But minivans have prime drop-off spots. So even, for instance, if you are taking an Uber to Magic Kingdom, they have to drop you off at the Transportation and Ticket Center. A minivan, owned and operated by Disney, will drop you off at bus stop number two at the Magic (laughs) Kingdom, which is basically the closest bus stop across from number one to security. Number one is Golden Oaks. By Number the way. one is Golden Oaks. <laughs> Number two is minivans, and then the buses after that. Yeah. Um, I made sure to look at that. I was like, I wonder why minivan is number two. <laughs> I said, Oh, Golden Oaks. <laughs> and because they are minivans, they also don't have to check at security um, when you go into a hotel resort. Because um, if you have, if you want to go to a resort with an Uber, you need to have a reservation to get in. Um, but if you do want to get, just go exploring a resort, take a bus to a bus can transfer at one of the parks or take a minivan um, and they're allowed to just go right in because it is a cast member operated vehicle um, but what we really loved about minivans and why we wanted to use minivans more than anything else is all minivans come equipped with not just one but two car seats every single minivan has one in the trunk and and every they, single minivan driver has mm-hmm. to go through two weeks of training and pass tests and pass tests on how to install those car seats correctly and make sure the all those babies are safe and again safety is most important to us we wanted maggie to be safe on this trip so for us it was worth the premium i think it's like 20 percent more on average for a minivan from what i saw just rough math top of my head an uber might be 20 bucks minivan's gonna be well maybe it's more than 20 percent more like 30 bucks so you're gonna spend like 10 15 dollars more uh, each way on a ride but for us the comfort the cast member service the infant car seats installed properly and uh, just the the door-to-door service with prime drop-off and pickup locations is worth it for us and of course going to dine at restaurants Maggie's getting upset thinking she wants to go back um, going to uh, resorts to dine at restaurants we our alternative was to take a bus to a park or to Disney Springs and transfer to another bus much easier to take a minivan from, let's say, Grand Floridian at Citricos to come back to our home resort. But our first park day was Epcot, and this came as a surprise to many people. I polled a number of people on Instagram, or everyone on Instagram, um, and far above and beyond, the number one prediction was Magic Kingdom would be our first park. And that's it's funny to me because anybody that knows us, knows <laughs> us 
would have said either Epcot or Animal Kingdom. And Animal Kingdom was number two. Anim- okay, Animal Kingdom was number two? Yeah, it was, was, it was basically, a clo- I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was about 70, 75% said Magic Kingdom. Wow. About 10% said Animal Kingdom. I think 5% said Epcot. I, I'm not doing the math right, but it was like a lot of people said Magic Kingdom, then Animal Kingdom, then Epcot, and I think 2% said Hollywood Studios, so you got that right. <laughs> um, but Epcot made sense to us. It was... This was the only day we had without family. Well, okay. Just the three of us. Just this the three was, of us. This was the only day with just the three of us. Like we said earlier, we had Matt's side of the family coming on Wednesday. Wednesday. And flying in. We had my side of the family coming in on like Thursday, Friday. We knew it was going to be crazy hectic. And everybody else wanted to go to Magic Kingdom. So we, yeah. we waited for them. And plus, I think Epcot is the right park to start with. Yeah, and then we had the big question of what should Maggie's first attraction be? And we went back and forth about it. We had a discussion. It was a a group discussion, not just between the two of us, but also with Connor from Magical Park Tours and Michelle and Hannah from WDW Park Planners. So it was like a group consensus, but obviously our decision at the end of the day. Um, And Connor suggested and Joanna agreed and then I agreed that it would be... Or was it your suggestion? No, this was was, my suggestion. It was Joanna's suggestion. Excuse me. I can't remember properly. No offense to Connor. Connor (laughs) agrees with me. Yes. Connor (laughs) solidified the decision. He did not come up with this one. I came up with this one. It was Spaceship Earth. Her first ride is Spaceship Earth. And it was so appropriate. I mean, Connor mentioned this to me and I didn't even think about it that... It was so, he said, on brand for Imagineer Podcast because my logo is Spaceship, basically a, a, a tribute to Spaceship Earth. Um, and for you Epcot historians who remember back in the day, the first song associated with Spaceship Earth, which you can go back and listen to still to this day, is Tomorrow's Child. And Maggie is Tomorrow's Disney Child, <laughs> in a sense. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, so it's... it's but just It was just the absolute correct attraction to choose for her first ride. Yes. Um, now, for our Epcot day, we do have to talk about Magical Park Tours. Um, we got this service complimentary, um, and so it was a sponsored tour. It was... You know, obviously, you'll take that with a grain of salt, our review, because there is obviously an expense associated with this tour service. Um, I should start by giving you a little bit of a better understanding of what Magical Park Tours is, and more importantly, what Magical Tours is not. So, there's Disney's VIP tour services. This is the, you can, you know, you can book it through, you have to call Disney to book this. It's, I believe, up to 12 people. Um, normally, Disney charges at least four hundred dollars an hour for peak times a year. If you're going up to, I think eight hundred fifty dollars an hour. Um, it's not per person; that's per tour. And they they will, you know, VIP tour services are the premium Disney operated tour services. They escort your family around the park. You have to do a around, minimum around the parks. Parks plural. They will even transport you backstage from one park to the next no matter where you are in the park they and will pick give you, you up and give you snacks they give you snacks like it's if you're looking for a vip service that's a vip service um you right. skip you the skip, lines you skip all the lines it's it's like they bring you right through the front of the line for everything um so if you're really looking for that type of service you do need to go with disney's vip tours um this magical park tour service is not that uh this i equate to 
um, bringing <laughs> if you're if you are a Disney fan, you know how to navigate the parks. You are the go-to person like me. I'm the go-to person for my family for everything. They always look to me to know where to go next. Our ride's broken down. Matt, what do we do? Where do we eat? How do I mobile order food? What's the best place to go shopping? Uh, you and know, they like, all look to me. They all look to me. Um, it's like hiring someone like me or someone like you, if you're listening, who's just like that, to take off all that stress off your back. Um, and I also knew this is, you know, we didn't pay for the service, but I wanted you all to know how much I trust this team. Um if this isn't a testament to it, I don't know what else would be. Um, we let Connor, except for deciding Maggie's first attraction, decide Maggie's first day in the park. This is Maggie's first trip to Walt Disney World. You know how important this is to me and to Joanna. We let them pull all the strings and make all the calls when it came to Maggie's first ever park day in her life at Disney. Um, Connor met us at, we met him, because he was there first. Um, we met him, I think, at 7.45 in the morning because the park opened early entry at 8 that day. Probably. Um, he had uh, he had texted me the night before to ask what our Starbucks orders would be. He brought Starbucks for us. Um, he didn't ask me to pay him back, which was also very nice. He just gave us Starbucks in the morning. He had it ready to go for us. Um, that morning, he had himself gotten up at... 6 a.m. or so to purchase Genie Plus. Um, they have your login information in WDW Park Planners and Magical Park Tours. You give it to them so they can provide all these services to you. So he had logged in on the app um, as me, purchased Genie Plus for me. Genie Plus is required for Magical Park Tours that day. He had purchased Lightning Lanes for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewinds. He had made our first Genie Plus selection for Frozen Ever After. And we were ready to go when the park opens to begin our park day. Now, the other thing about Magical Park Tours is, like I said, it's sort of like a service, like hiring someone like me to walk you around the parks. Um, you do have to use Genie Plus because they do not have like the VIP tour services. This is not an official Disney tour. This is a third party, completely separate. Um, so they do not have the ability to skip the line. Um, I will say there are some tour companies out there that... I do not endorse and actually I'm strongly opposed to that will, I don't know how Disney allows this or how Disney's going to figure out um, to, to kind of stop these tour companies, um, but they will, through these loopholes, um, basically get a, uh, a, a DAS pass, which is the disability passes. Um, even if you don't need it um, and try to help you to sort of like beat the system. That's really terrible. Which is awful. I would never in my life, like I, I'm actually getting a little boiling rage just thinking about it because of how seedy and disgusting that is. Um, this Connor and Magical Park Tours, I work with and trust and respect because they trust and respect and abide by Disney's rules. And Connor and I were talking candidly about this in the park. Um, and he actually said that there have been clients who have reached out to ask about it and they have turned them away, um, which is really important to me as a Disney fan um, that they respect those rules and operate and abide by and you know work within Disney's boundaries. Their job and their service is to help you make the most of your day 
and that they do exceptionally well already. Um, so the fact that they do not cheat the system, they work within the system. Obviously, by the way, if you need a DAS pass and you have a like legitimate reason, this is something you normally do. Of course. Of course, they're going to work with that. And, of course, yeah, but we're talking about cheating the system. That's different. That's really terrible. Um, so I just wanted to call that out because I did get some questions about it in Instagram stories when I talked about Magical Park Tours. So I want to reinforce again that that is not what this company does. All they do is they're in the park every day, um, you know, doing tours like this. And so they know how to effectively use Disney's systems and what Genie Plus reservations to make and when. They work with your family, so it's not like they always go by the same similar to WDW Park Planners, they don't go by the same scripted path for every family. It's what does your family care about? What is your family's interests? Um, how does your family operate? And this service is, by the way, just to give you a, the cost does vary again by time of year, so I don't want to give a specific number, but it is about half the cost of a VIP tour through Disney. So it is more affordable um, because of the limitations and the differences. Uh, compared to a you know a full Disney operated VIP tour. I wish we had Connor with every us every day. Every day. Truly. He was incredible. In- and- incredible when it came to alleviating the decision making processes that we usually go through when it's just the two of us. And uh, now we have a you know Maggie with us. It's even harder to think about what we really should be doing in the park when we have to think about how she's doing does she need a diaper change do we have to do a feeding what's going on when's her nap so to have connor deal with all that minutiae all that extra stuff that we normally worry about and even now with genie plus it was a total learning curve for us even it's our first time using it it was our first time using it and it's the first time since it back since it opens it was it was complicated especially our hollywood studios day oh yeah but um with connor with us and he knew the system so well he knew the park well he knew what we wanted to do we told him how we wanted to spend the day and he followed through above and beyond the fact that he would push the stroller, I mean... Yeah, that was... I felt so bad. I'm like, you sure? Like, Connor, I can push the stroller. It's okay, man. Like, just let me... He's like, no, 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 I got this. Let me yeah. let me push the stroller. Let me park the stroller. Yeah. Um, when we went to attractions, like, he'd escort us to the front of the line, hold on to the stroller, park it for us. He escorted us to the... Not the front, oh, for, not the front of the line. No, 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 I'm sorry. It's like, to the entrance of, like, the... Li- if we had a lightning lane for, like, Frozen Ever After, for instance... He escorted us to the entrance to the lightning lane and to then, make sure we knew where it was. And then took the stroller back and hung out with the stroller or parked it. Yeah. Some of the rides he came on with us. Mm-hmm. That was fun. He was uh-huh. waiting to stand by with us for like Spaceship Earth. He was there with us. And, right. Uh, Grand Fiesta tour. And Anything we didn't have lightning lane for. Yes. The other nice thing was that he mobile ordered lunch for us. He took our orders. He again was logged in on his phone on my account. Um, so he ordered lunch for us. He actually paid for lunch which was really nice of him. Um, and he like held our, he carried the backpack. And the other nice thing was he took pictures of us with, uh, with, with his phone. With his phone. He had the latest, you know, the iPhone 13 Pro. So he had like the latest, <laughs> greatest uh, yeah. iPhone camera. It was so much better than just having selfies of the three of us because normally that's... That's what we do. Well, that's what we do when it's just us. But it was just amazing to have... Connor with us. And I have to say, I love planning park days. I love figuring out what to do. Um, I'm the type, I'm very type A when it comes to Disney vacations. 
And yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think that you were going to even let Connor. And I did. <laughs> and you, you didn't believe me. But I, I truly, when I say I let go, I let go. Like I just let him call the shots. He would ask us what we want, want, want to do that day, but I let him call the shots on the order that we did it. Took all of his suggestions, um, and the nice part about it, like the the tour service was. There's value in the ability to get more done in less time. I think that's what's advertised and what is on paper the reason you hire them. The unspoken value that I found when I let go and let Connor call the shots and take care of everything was it was probably the most stress-free day I've ever had at Disney, um, especially with wanting to get so much done. And it allowed me to just focus on being with my family. And that I don't think I could ever get again without him. Like it, it was, that to me was absolutely worth the cost if we had paid for it. <laughs> um, but like, you know, speaking in terms of value, that to me is the invaluable part um, that I, I loved. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here because this is turning into a sales pitch for Magical Park Tours. And I don't want to sound that way, but genuinely, we both highly recommend them. Um, and I really do wish we had Connor every day of our trip. It was it was probably our, our not to, you know, no offense because I know our family was there on the other days, but it was probably the best park day that we had. Um, just everything, everything all in. Maggie did have a little bit of a, a meltdown around 2 o'clock. I think it was 3 three o'clock she made it all the way until then by the way she loved the attractions she was so into living with the lands looking around at all the plants um hearing the narration the spaceship spaceship earth she She loved frozen ever after she was like screaming at olaf and Sven. she she was yeah i think Sven in particular she loves animals so (laughs) she did not mind the drop at all the loud noises with you know because it does get rather loud on that attraction she didn't mind we took her on imagination. She did fine on Journey into Imagination. We held her ears for the bang towards the ends just to make sure, but she was fine. And it was a great park day. It really was. Um, but we did end up leaving at 2.30, 3 o'clock. That's when she had her meltdown. It was really hot. It was hot. I think she was just like really hot and bothered by everything. And We had 5.30 dinner reservations at Toledo at our resort anyway. Yeah, so, so we figured we'd... Go back and relax. Go back, relax for a minute or two. Hang out in the club level, try to make the most use of the Kronos Club while we had it on this vacation. Um, we had delicious meal at Toledo for dinner with my family since they had arrived. Um, and that was that was it. So that was it for our Epcot day. And that ended up being Maggie's worst day. Yeah. Which is, which is ironic. Yeah. Like, because it was her first like full excursion day and that was the only day that she had that meltdown every other day was amazing there was even the one day that we stayed till fireworks yes the second Epcot day on Saturday because this was on Wednesday so we went back again on Saturday we got there at park opening again Um, I think we we woke up at 6 we were out the door at 8 and we did not get back to the resort until 10.30 at night and it was only until I think 10 o'clock she really started feeling it um, it was pushing it. It was pushing it at 10 o'clock when we were trying to get back to yeah. the hotel. But she loved the fireworks, and we, we, yeah. knew, we knew we wanted to try to stay one day for the fireworks. We weren't sure how it was going to go with her, but since you know we already done Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, 
you know, she, we knew that she could kind of handle it. And she, when we got back to the resort, she was still kind of excited to be there watching the little bedtime stories on TV. She took so many naps throughout the day, though. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, it's a combination of being up and out and doing things, plus the heat. Um, she took a lot of naps. I mean, she napped all of Grand Fiesta Tour, <laughs> for example. She napped all of Peter Pan's flight. Yep. And it's okay. Like, it's 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 important to be able to let go because mm-hmm. she's not going to remember this anyway. So, And it also is – she has her whole life ahead of her. So if she – she slept through Peter Pan's flight. Yes, we waited in the morning, we like waited. 20, 30 minutes in line. Yeah. It didn't phase it either did. one of us. It yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We didn't have to do it again. I think uh, I think she slept through Muppets yeah. um, twice. Look, this girl fell asleep halfway through Festival of the Lion King and stayed asleep through the rest of the show, which is really impressive because I don't think yeah. any adult could do that. Didn't she also fall asleep for the Cars show, too? Uh, Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. Yeah, halfway. I think she did fall asleep halfway through that too. <laughs> um, she, uh, by the way, certain attraction. We did every attraction we possibly could with her that she could do. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. We did. You, you well, did with her. I didn't do it because of motion sickness. You but, know, I, I, I have to admit, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I didn't do it while I was pregnant um, with her because I heard that it was a bit jostly. So I said, "All right, I'm not going to risk it." So I didn't do it last year. So this was my first time doing Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway now with the baby out of me. Um, and it was very jostly. Like, I was holding on to Maggie. I wasn't holding Maggie per se. I had her on my lap. And then I kind of created this little cradle with my arms. And I put my hands on the bar in front of her face because it was so jostly that her head almost, like her teeth or tooth, kept banging towards the bar. Um, hitting my hands and I'm like oh my goodness this is a pretty jostly ride for having no height requirement but I, I do understand why it doesn't have a height requirement um, it was more intense than uh, Ratatouille when it came to that and we did that too with we, her on set I, again I did not do it Joanna did yeah. it with- <laughs> Ratatouille was fine with her it wasn't as jostly so if you've if you've ridden Ratatouille but you haven't ridden Mickey and Minnie's Mickey and Minnie's is definitely more intense when it comes to jostling. But not as nauseating because the screens aren't quite as big. Okay. That's from what I heard. I've, been, no, I, I've, I've done Ratatouille and I regretted it from the motion sickness perspective. But yeah. um, I, I don't know. I think I think the main idea here is that any of the rides that, even though we basically did all the rides that she could do except for the except for Tomorrowland in general because we didn't make it over there. And we missed uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris too. Oh, we did miss Kilimanjaro Amazing, right? We missed Kilimanjaro Safaris. <laughs> we missed it. You know, it was, it just, was intentional. It was a really hot day. It was day. just too hot. There would be no way that would be an enjoyable safari. No, no. We made a, we made a judgment call that we'll be back. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yes. Um, Sleep, her sleeping through attractions fine was great, yeah. honestly, because it was, had a chance for me to sit down with her and she's asleep instead of standing and walking around while she's asleep and you know we can't always put her in the stroller when she's sleeping because we don't always have the stroller with us um but she did totally sleep even in the in my little hip seat that i had sometimes she was just totally out sitting upright because she was just so exhausted between all the stimuli around disney plus the heat yeah um so we let her sleep she slept through most meals. That's uh, right. We'd be at dinner, and she's out. 
be at breakfast, she's out. <laughs> it was important in the summer to make sure her sunscreen was reapplied when it needed to be, yep. and also keeping her hydrated. Um, since Maggie's breastfed, that just means that Joanna, you fed her more. I fed her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, during the day to make sure she stayed hydrated. Um, but no matter how you care for or feed your baby, if you are taking a baby to Disney, make sure that they're hydrated. Yeah. Because it does get hot. It is very important. Um, also with the parks. I wanted to mention we did It's Tough to Be a Bug with her, which a lot of people, we were kind of hesitant. We're like, yeah, kids are really afraid of It's Tough to Be a Bug with good reason. But we hypothesized that she's too young to be afraid of It's Tough to Be a Bug because the scary aspect of it is not the effects. It's the understanding story-wise what's happening around you. And sure enough, she was fine. Like, yeah. she really didn't have a problem. We also were very strategic. Uh, took my own advice from my It's Tough to Be a Bug podcast episode, which you can go back and listen to. And we sat in the back corner, which if you are, even you as an adult, afraid of the attraction, um, I'm not going to say that you're going to be fine in the back corner, but it is less intense because you do feel a little bit more removed from what's happening. Yeah, you feel like you're kind of watching what's yeah, happening rather than side. being involved in it. And just, the door's right there, so you know if you need to exit. If you're like, this is too much for me, you just walk right out. Yeah. So if you ever want to try it, if you're really scared of it's tough to be a bug, back left corner um, is a really good place to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are if you see Maggie and Joanna, me, just save us a spot. Uh, <laughs> So, a big question that came up was regarding rider swap. Mm. And if we felt, I'm, I'm starting to sort of filter through. I did post on my Instagram story questions. I got a lot of questions. Um, and this one did come up as long as we're on the subject of attractions of if we felt like we didn't get to do everything we wanted to do. Oh, I. Absolutely not. <laughs> I felt like I was, I was there the whole time. I felt really good. Yeah, I'm sad that we missed Tomorrowland in general because um, I do love a lot of the attractions in Tomorrowland. We just didn't make it. We just didn't make it over that way. By the park close. Yeah, it's no big deal though. Um, between switching groups um, with our family, because we did have we did have a lot of family there. Sixteen at most at one day. <laughs> one day. A lot of people. One day was sixteen. Usually between eight and eleven. Right. So we were able to happily do rider swap. Um, you know, we switched off who's going with which group you know we had most of the time in the beginning we had two babies with us we had um our niece with us so basically who would stay with the babies like which group of four would stay with the babies and then the other group would go on and then they would kind of switch off um it's a little bit we didn't do a lot of explicit rider swaps we kind of just did our own thing well because we used genie plus a lot so yeah, we would take so turns using the lightning lane that we had reserved exactly so that's that's kind of how it worked out for us in a lot of cases yeah. even with the virtual queue for guardians of the galaxy we split into two groups yep um and half the group did cosmic rewind first the other group waited with the babies and then we traded places and then traded places exactly so because we had the lightning lanes available yeah for most of those um, but we did use Rider Swap. We did use Rider Swap for Rise of the Resistance. Yes. Um, the other reason we didn't use Rider Swap a lot because I didn't do a lot of the attractions. Yeah, so, so Matthew would just stay with the babies anytime yeah. Mom wanted to go on a more intense ride like Dinosaur. It was Maggie and Daddy time. I loved it. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't have to use Rider Swap for those. 
but for those of you who have never used rider swap by the way just so you know how it works you go to the front of the line um where you know the, the front entrance of the attraction you talk to the greeter the cast member there and say you want to do rider swap the last comedy in your party um and who's going to be waiting with the babies first and who wants to ride again um i there's it's sometimes only one person can ride twice so when i and i think this is an interesting detail when I spoke to guest relations about another, another thing about what I was which talking, which we'll get to, which I guess I guess we'll get <laughs> we'll to. We'll talk I don't about know. it too because Genie Plus was talking about. Yeah, when I spoke to guest relations, they told me I can take three people with me, so I'll stay with the baby, and three people will ride again. And I think that is true for most attractions. However, when we went to Rider Swap with Rise of the Resistance, which is, you know, kind of a... Very popular attraction. Very popular attraction. Still kind of new for a lot of people. Yeah, very new for a lot of people. Um, and breaks down quite often, so it's hard to get people on that ride anyway. They did tell me um, that I can only take one person with me. And then I even said, oh, my, the guest relations um, cast member said I could take three and she goes, oh, I'm so sorry they told you that. So, you know, it's not a big deal for me. No. I, I was fine taking my brother um, with me because I never get to really chat with him privately, I guess, because we're always just with the family. So that was fun taking my brother with me. Um, but I think any other attraction that's not as popular as that one, you probably could take more than one person. I do trust that guest relations told me the right information, just not the right information for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're doing something like Soarin'. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's a high-efficiency attraction. It's not as popular as it used to be as the newer version, newer attraction, so it, it's probably easier to do it then. But the fir- regardless, the first once you do that, they scan whoever's going to be riding the second group, um, including the person who's waiting and anyone who's going with them for a second time. They give your magic band or your accounts or your app, whatever you're using, um, like a, light, a lightning like, lane. Like a lightning lane. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like an anytime lightning lane. So the first group waits in standby. So when we did Rise of the Resistance, me and the first group, we waited the hour and a half wait in standby. Joanna was with Maggie. And when we got off the ride, we switched places. Joanna went with her brother who was riding again with her. through the light. They went straight through the lightning lane and scanned their their magic bands and got into the lightning lane so they had it's kind of like one party waits for the whole group for the attraction in standby or you could just do genie plus which we did a lot for attractions as well yeah um i think it's kind of important to say that i i was with maggie by myself for the time that matthew and the whole family was riding rise of the resistance um and that was rough i'm not gonna lie to be a single parent um, in Disney with nobody there to really help support you or even kind of hold the baby while I go to the bathroom kind of idea, you know what I mean? That was really rough to be alone with her in this really large place, obviously, um, in the heat. So I'll tell you, I did Muppets three times (laughs) in a row. I didn't even leave the attraction actually because if you have ever, ever done Muppets before, as you as the first movie, the first moviegoers are leaving the Muppet Theater, they open up the entry doors and the new, the new people that are coming into the theater are coming in also. So, 
I kind of hung back and just stayed in my same seat all the way closest to the exit door. And, you know, I even told the cast member, I just said, I'm just going to stay. <laughs> and I stayed there for three shows. And I have to admit, I love Muppets, but um, three is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> three is a lot. And Maggie was asleep for two of them, which is why I didn't leave the first time. Um, because she was still asleep. And I said, you know what, I might as well just stay here. And then by the middle of the second show, she woke up. Um, and then we went out and then we went to Pizza Fari just to stay cool. Um, again, she fell asleep again in Pizza Fari, but then you she... You mean Pizza Rizzo? Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, I was thinking Pizza Fari. <laughs> sound the same, different part. They do sound the same. Right across the way, Pizza Rizzo. Pizza Rizzo, yes. So we sat in Pizza Rizzo um, just to try to stay cool. Um, she did have to do a diaper change. Again, this was all me by myself. So it was quite a challenge um, just to have me and the baby there without any support family there with me. But we managed, and it was fun. But uh, I don't think I'd be able to do that for a whole day. No, not for a whole day. I mean, I, I did that a couple of times when you guys rode Expedition Everest, and when you rode Dinosaur, I was pretty much by myself as well. But I think So I understand, but it was not an hour and a half. It wasn't an hour and a half. That was a long time. It, Ex- Expedition Everest, I think, was 35 at most. Yeah. And um, Dinosaur was about 45. Dinosaurs, dinosaur was longer. Yeah. yeah, Dinosaur was longer. Um. The only problem with me is I couldn't feed her, so she got hungry. There was one time we did wait for an attraction. You were waiting in line for test track. That was a 90-minute wait, and I did have to actually call Joanna back. I'd made the decision to call her back early in the queue because I already got the sense Maggie was going to be hungry soon so that she could come and breastfeed her, and then Joanna went back and waited in the line. And I was I was hanging out for about an hour until yeah. you guys got off a of test track, Yeah. Um, so it was, that was quite a while. Um, so that can be challenging. It's also important to adapt and be flexible and more so than ever and go with the flow with the baby. Um, like if we were really uh, stuck on doing Kilimanjaro safaris, it could have pushed Maggie to her limit and probably pushed us to our limit. But we made the strategic call to instead hang out at Nomad Lounge. And I'm very thankful that we made that decision. We were in the air conditioning. We hung out there for an hour. We ate snacks, had some drinks. Um, and just took it easy. Yeah. So that was nice to do. It was nice. It was a hot... Uh, Animal Kingdom was one 101 of the... 101 heat index. One of the hottest days that we no were rain. there. There was no... <laughs> that was the problem with Animal yeah. Kingdom that day. There was no rain that day, so it didn't cool down at all. Um, every other day that we were there, it, it did rain, um, eventually. <laughs> but the Animal Kingdom day, it didn't, and that was part of the reason why we did not do safaris. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention real quick, the last topic to discuss before we get to some uh, additional questions from you listening who submitted them on Instagram that we might have missed in in this discussion is um, to talk about Genie Plus a little bit. Um, There is a learning curve. Joanna and I used it ourselves on three, two days. We used it on the Magic Kingdom Day and the Animal Kingdom Day. Connor managed it for us at the Epcot Day, and he did a no, great... No, sorry, Hollywood Studios, not Animal Kingdom. Not, we did not use right. it at Animal Kingdom. Right, Animal Kingdom was the only park we didn't use it at. Um, both the Magic Kingdom Day and the Hollywood Studio Day, we had issues arise with Genie+. Plus. Um, I do want to reiterate, as I always say on the show, and as I always put on Instagram, that if something goes wrong... And if it is an honest mistake, if it's a glitch in a system, if it's something you made that was an error, that was an honest human error of some kind, all you have to do is go to guest relations 
and honestly and respectfully and kindly speak to the cast member honestly about what happened. And every single time we've ever had something come up where we've done that, they have always fixed the problem and made up for it very huh. respectfully. Yes. Um, so in the case of the Magic Kingdom Day, we had an issue where another person in our party who was not did not have his own account but was being managed by another person, sort of like a kid's account under an adult's account. Uh, I was managing our Genie Plus reservations but could not, no matter what, get him his Genie Plus reservations. I couldn't link to him properly. And because of that, he missed out on a couple of things. Um, so we went to guest relations and spoke to someone who not only fixed the issue so that I could now manage the Genie Plus reservations for him, but gave all of us a Genie Plus to go back and do the attraction that he missed. And because we were at guest relations for about 45 minutes, um, gave us two additional um, lightning lanes to do anytime we wanted. Um, and they were not, it's not like she gave us um, like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Space Mountain and we didn't ask for them either. She gave us Buzz Lightyear because we said we wanted to do Buzz Lightyear, which we didn't end up doing. Um, and I can't remember the second one. It was maybe, maybe. Haunt, Haunted Mansion? Maybe. Pirates of the Caribbean. It was, it might have been Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Um, whatever it was, they were, you know, humble attractions to do Lightning Lane for. Not, we weren't asking for the biggest and the best thing. I don't think you asked for anything, actually. No, I didn't. She just asked us. And another issue that happened was um, this person had a first-gen Magic Band, like five years old, that was really having trouble reading on the machine. And he was like, you know, I just, you know, I don't need to buy a new one. I'm not here very often. Um, but she made some magic happen and she went back and she's like, I want to get you a new magic band. So she gave him a voucher. He didn't ask for it. She just gave him a voucher for a new magic band. Not a magic band. Not a magic band plus. Not a magic yeah. band plus, just a new regular magic <laughs> right. band. Um, and on another occasion, like my magic band plus did not arrive in time for our trip. I spoke to someone about it. They gave me a voucher to get a new one. They could see in the system it didn't arrive. Um, and that's the other thing is guest relations nowadays because of this digital paper trail. They can see all the steps, which I like, number one, because it makes it very hard for people to lie, mm -hmm. which bothers me when people try to do that. Um, and two, it allows them to actually see what happened. And if it's a human error, they can tell us what we did wrong and help us to learn from it. And if it's an error in the system, they fix it and they make up for it. Um, so that did happen both times. Does that mean I think Genie Plus is a horrible system? No, it just means there's some bugs that they need to work out. And again, we just went to guest relations both times and they, they fixed it. Well, that was just the Magic Kingdom Genie Plus Day. The studio's Genie Plus Day was a little bit of a different story. That was... I th weird. That was a weird one. Yeah. Um, I woke up at 7, or you know, I was on the app at 7 to make a Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway time, which I did for 9.30 to 10.30 is what I got. And, no, um, it was nine. It was eight. It was nine to ten. It was eight fifty-five to nine fifty-five. Right. I remember because I had to explain it to guest relations. Um, apparently, Mister Imagineer Podcast over here never actually hit submit, <laughs> but but it does seem like it did because the it said the reservation time was eight fifty-five to nine fifty-five. We had it all on our system. It. By the time we got to the front of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, I'll be honest, it was 10.15. So that 8.55 to 9.55 window did pass. However, 
It's usually not a big issue if you're just a little late. It's not like we showed up at one in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. So when you scanned your band on the Lightning Lane, the cast member at Lightning Lane entrance said that we did not have a Lightning Lane for Mickey and Minnie. Um, we did have one for Smuggler's Run at 11 o'clock. I don't know where that one... <laughs> I made the next one. And so I think that may have been the it problem. It might have been the problem. It may have been part of the problem. I do think that this was somewhat human error here. I don't know exactly what happened, but we did totally lose out on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is something that everybody can do except for Matthew. <laughs> um, and Smuggler's Run is something that, you know, only a few people in the party really want to do. Um, so immediately, I know that we have to go to guest relations, but I don't need our party of nine to go to guest relations. You really just need one person um, as your, I guess... Guest relations, guest relations <laughs> liaison. liaison. Everybody else decided to go do Star Tours, um, except for Matthew. <laughs> Not much I can do in the studios anymore, yeah. but I still love the studios. Yeah. So when I went over to guest relations, and this is the interesting part about that paper trail idea, or like the digital paper trail, is when I spoke to, I believe it was Christian, he did not see Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway at all. Um, he does. He did see that we had Smuggler's Run, and then Matthew canceled Smuggler's Run to try to get a different time for Mickey and Minnie, which he saw that also. He saw. I see you canceled Smuggler's Run at eleven, and you have a two, you have a two thirty for Runaway Railway. I said yes. We had to do that because we knew we wanted to get on Mickey's and Mickey and Minnie's, but we had it at eight fifty five to nine fifty five, and we did show. And I said honestly, like we did show up at ten fifteen. But I, I just thought maybe it would be okay that we were a little bit late. And he did tell me that sometimes when you miss your window and you try to rebook another lightning lane, it disappears. But he even said it doesn't look like that's what happened here because he would have seen that we missed our window for Mickey and Minnie. It just looks like Mr. Imagineer Podcast did not hit submit. I'm pretty sure I screenshotted what I had, so <laughs> I know that I had it because I sent it to I, our family to say, here's our first lightning lane. I know, which is also the weird yeah. part because it just did not show up um, on the system. Things happen. Things happen, but Christian was great. He told me that that was probably part of the problem, um, and he was able to give us a lightning lane for any time of the day. He canceled our 2 o'clock, and he changed it back to Smuggler's Run. Um, for the rest of our party if they wanted to do it. And he, he was very helpful because he, not only was he informative about what could have happened, he did fix the issue that came up. And it, it was nice to just get it fixed. You know, I wasn't expecting anything more than, can we please fix this? And he did. Yeah. And look, Genie Plus, I've said this since before it even came out. I'll say it again. You don't need it. But it does help if you have it, if you have the right expectations. And the right expectations is you can save time in line for about three attractions. I'd say like one or two major ones. Um, I'd say to be safe, tell yourself one major one. Um, and then another three or so more minor attractions don't get as significant of a weight um, I did not find myself, because this is a common complaint I hear about Genie Plus, I don't want to be on my phone all day. I was not on my phone more than five minutes a day with Genie Plus. Like, it was so quick and easy to manage that. I was People so, are on their so, phones all day with, with social media. So like, quick, he couldn't even hit submit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, you're not going to spend time on your phone with Genie Plus. Like as, as a common complaint, I, I, I have to say that's really a not a ridiculous complaint, but a, a kind of um, unjustified complaint that I, I did not spend a lot of time on my phone because of Genie Plus or even looking at wait times. They have wait times posted throughout the park at different locations on display boards. Like I, I did not feel like I spent any more time on my phone just because of Genie Plus. Um, it was really small, a small amount more. But again, there was a learning curve, and we did have to go to guest relations a, Twice. No, a number of times. Yeah. Technically thrice. Thrice. But, I, you know, I would try it again. <laughs> I would um, still do it again, for yeah. sure. And I don't mind going to guest relations because they are wonderful cast members that work there. And for those of you who say, well, I don't have the money for it or I don't want to spend the extra money on it, we did an Animal Kingdom day without it, and we had a great day at Animal Kingdom. We, we did, did not miss on anything that we wanted to. The only thing we missed was Kilimanjaro Safaris intentionally. Right. Um, so, but we did everything else we wanted to do. Flight of Passage, Navi River Journey. Um, you know, John and I got to do Dinosaur, Expedition Everest. The new Finding Nemo Festival, Festival of the Lion King. <laughs> we did Navi River Journey twice, by the way. We did, yeah. Um, we in waited the morning, in the standby twice. Maggie fell asleep the first time, and I did want her to see it. Cause yeah, because <laughs> she loved it. <laughs> yeah, she did love it. Um, all right, let's get to some of these questions. Uh, I'm going to try to skip over things that we've already discussed before. Um was there any ride that surprised you that Maggie did that she was okay on or reacted differently than you expected? I really loved her, um, I guess, expressions on PhilharMagic when we watched oh, PhilharMagic. Oh, she loved PhilharMagic. She loved PhilharMagic, but she's really into music. Um, she probably gets that between both of our sides of the family being into music, but she's really into music and singing. Um, if you ever seen any videos of her screaming, that's her singing. Um, she was like conducting Philhar magic. She was standing on my lap, waving her arms around to like this, just waving them back and forth, like conducting the music. It was amazing. I think you have a few videos of her doing that. Oh, I've got plenty. And I think Philhar magic was one of the rides that, um, one of the attractions, um, that I was surprised that she was so involved with, you know, she was very happy on all the rides even Small World, she was waving at all the small people. <laughs> that was really funny. She was doing her queen's wave at everybody. <laughs> um, waving at all, all the Small World children that were on the ride. Um, um, it was really great. I did like Magic. That's a great answer. Uh, great question. We haven't talked about this. Baby care centers. Um, we actually did not use the baby care center as much. We visited the baby care center at Animal Kingdom. We did, yes. Because we were starting to run low on diapers. And they did have um, packages of diapers to purchase, but they were um, not her size, unfortunately. And we also did not need an entire package of diapers. We really just needed, like, one. One, <laughs> <laughs> one diaper. Um, so at Animal Kingdom, unfortunately, they did seem to be kind of, like, low on supply of things. Um, when it came down to it, they didn't have her diaper size, um, but they were a wonderful center just to relax and it was cool. Catch your breath. Yeah. Um, they had a little quiet TV in there. I think Cars was playing at yeah. the time. Um, there was another mother in there with two two kids. They had changed. They had many changing tables, um, and they didn't they didn't have any like cribs or anything like that in there so it's not like you'd be able to put her down in a crib um but there were changing tables that can convert somehow into a crib i didn't need to ask that though she was already asleep in my arms and i wasn't going to put her down <laughs> it was really quiet 
I felt that because the mother that was in there seemed to be taking her child who just needed a nap and a break in the air conditioning, especially in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And it was just very chill. Like it was, it was just, it was really, really nice. And it's also worth noting that all of the baby care centers are right next to first aid as well. Um, so it's like everything is really conveniently yes if you pack, needed first together. aid for some reason in yeah. the baby care center i know that your sister for her daughter um our niece when they went to the baby care center at epcot epcot um they needed more formula for her and they were able to get more formula very easily which is great because you know our niece has some allergies to certain formulas and it was nice that they had um the special type of formula that she needed and i think that was great and she did I remember your sister saying that she loved the baby care center at Epcot. Really convenient for, I mean, they really take care of families with babies, like any family that goes there. Um, a big question, any special cast member interactions? I think we had more than not. Stuart. Stuart, Stuart our, our legacy cast member minivan driver, we had twice just by coincidence, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the staff at club level. We already staff, talked about it. The staff it. at club level that we talked about. They were about. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was another minivan driver that I forgot his name. You probably know it because it's in the um, it's in like the list of... Oh, yeah. I can find him. Yeah, you should find him. He, <laughs> he did like a... I don't know if you've ever seen Cash Cab where they ask you questions <laughs> and then you get cash. Uh, and then they kick you out if you get it wrong. Uh, it was kind of like Cash Cab, except there was no cash involved and he wasn't going to kick us out prematurely. But he kept asking us Disney trivia questions, he says. Any Disney trivia fans in the car? And the two of us look at each other like, yeah, we're, we're kind of Disney trivia fans. <laughs> and um, he was just, the whole ride, I think it was to dinner one day, was just him asking really great trivia questions. He started off pretty easy. And he kind of he then, realized we were good, and he stumped us. He stumped us quite a few times. And then his last question was, name um, all all the Disney films. Or no, no, name... 16, I think. 15. He, 15 name, yeah. name 15 Disney Pixar films with only one word in their title. And so at first you're like, oh, yeah, I, I know quite a number of these and then once you get to like 13 you're like it's getting hard it's getting hard (laughs) (laughs) one word titles that was fun i don't have his name i do find the ride because it's disney cast members they only say that it's minivans and they give the minivan number so i don't i don't know that's too bad i wish we got his name yeah minivan drivers in general were really fantastic yeah um, let me see what other questions we have. We're almost at the end. There's a lot of repeat questions, things talking about things we already discussed. Um, and then I want to... Meltdowns we talked about. She did not have any embarrassing meltdowns. She cried a couple of times. You know what's interesting about those? I find that it's like the three to six-year-olds would have those embarrassing meltdowns. Because I've, I've traveled a number of times when I used to nanny for families with that age group and they are the ones that do those crying screaming fall on the ground kind of meltdowns maggie as a seven and a half eight month old is not going to do that she would cry for sure but not is not going to do those embarrassing meltdowns at least not yet (laughs) no not yet we'll see how she does when she is more of that toddler or a young child age we talked about food. We talked about a lot of questions about naps. Maggie did nap whenever she wanted on a ride, in a show, in the stroller, in the minivan, 
any any of that literally everywhere she napped everywhere and anywhere um we really did a great job of answering these questions already which is fantastic but the last question i did want us to discuss was uh came through from a couple of people um has your perspective or disney experience changed in any way with r plus one oh my goodness what a great closing question. I wanted to discuss this at the end anyway. Okay. So, but you go ahead. Wow. You know, there's a picture of Matthew at Animal Kingdom, and it's a candid shot. Um, it's just, it was a picture that was like, a picture just randomly taken right before we were posing of him just looking at Maggie, and he has the biggest smile on his face. Like, when I tell you... He did not smile like this at our wedding. <laughs> um. <laughs> it was a stressful day. <laughs> I don't like that much attention on me, so nah. that's probably why. This candid shot of him just smiling at Maggie when she's so excited to be in the most magical place on earth. That face that Matthew is making at our daughter is priceless. I think that... I'll never, I'll never, I have that, I'm going to have that photo forever. Like, um, I'd want to keep it in my wallet just to remind me of how much joy my daughter brings me. For sure. Um, and and I a, can't get that at home as easily. Like, I'm here, but I'm working, I'm doing chores, I'm shopping, I'm like, I'm busy doing all these things, so I don't get as much time with her. Yeah. It was so wonderful to have the opportunity to do this with her, to be bring her into this world that we already find so wonderful that we love so much just the two of us and now to add this plus one brings even more joy i can't even describe it it was wonderful to see this magic through her eyes and i'm being a little bit cliche about that but just and i know she's not going to remember no of course not. <laughs> of course she's not going to remember this trip we all know that it's not about her remembering, it's about bringing her joy in the moments and creating these memories for Matthew and myself that we are never going to forget and it's, gonna wanna, it's, it's making us want to bring her back to Disney for sure, but even just to bring her more, just out and about more and let her explore her world. This, you know, she was, I don't consider her a COVID baby because she was born, you know, a bit after the crazy COVID times but she kind of is a COVID baby where she is missing out on a lot of opportunities that other babies may have been able to do pre-COVID so bringing her out more and letting her explore her world this has been wonderful like bringing her to Disney was the greatest decision we made and did we mention that she flies for free, she goes to the parks for free, like, before they turn three, uh, zero to two, those, these babies go to Disney for free. We didn't have to buy her a park ticket. It's, you know, it, she, we really didn't pay for food much for her. Like, got a side mashed potatoes for five bucks or something, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, it really, and she, to see, you know, her learning, too, I feel like she learned so much during this trip she did she um, learned she learned how to pull herself up in the crib she learned how to communicate with us even better she responds to us she acknowledges us more she learned how to point on this trip she's pointing at things and talking to whatever she's pointing at the amount of learning that she did in one week 
is immeasurable. Yes. And it really was, like, I, I'm sure a lot of you listening, you might be thinking about whether or not to take a trip to Disney with a baby. You might be getting, if you're like us, um, <laughs> family members telling us that we're crazy, yeah, um, that we're just obsessed negative. with Disney. Negative. Um, why would you waste your money taking your baby to Disney when they're not going to remember it? Um, I, I, I cannot express this enough. Um, how absolutely wrong that was in terms of advice and to get it from so many people who I respect and who I know have a great deal of wisdom and experience um, who I normally do take their advice and listen with you know open open an open mind and open heart to this advice um, I, I have never been so clearly and confidently in opposition now that I've taken this trip to those doubts. I, I, it was the happiest Disney trip I've ever taken, and you all know how many Disney trips I've taken. Do, um, do they? Because I don't think you know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a couple of dozen Disney vacations I've taken, plus I worked there, and so I was there all the time. Um, it was happiest. it was the happiest week I've ever had at Disney. It was the best week at Disney I've ever had. Um, it's it's not like I got to do more than I ever did before, or I did things new or different. But it you know I was just staring at my daughter the whole trip. Like I, I did not even Navi River Journey or <laughs> like I might have occasionally glanced around, but I was just looking at her and her expression. Um, it was the best week I, you know at Disney I've ever had. Um, so if you're on the fence about taking your baby, please go over the fence. It, it's and do not listen to anyone who's telling you not to do it. Um, it it was one of the best decisions we've ever made. I I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, and I'm glad I did so that I can convey this advice so strongly and confidently um, with conviction that it was such an amazing experience and I, I'm so glad that I did it. Um, it you, can't, you can't get this time back. So just take the trip. That's the advice I have is take the trip. Anything else? <laughs> More than two hours in. We've been sitting here at this table for five and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> little, little asterisk on taking the trip. Try not to go alone. Because mm. again, both times that, Matt, that I, when I was alone with her and when Matthew was alone with her, that was hard. Try not to go alone. Single parents, bring family, bring your parents, bring friends that you trust, bring... Yeah. Anybody um, that you can just say, hold the baby while I go to the bathroom. Yeah, who you Any, can trust to do that. Anybody that you would trust to do that, bring them. <laughs> it's helpful. Maybe don't bring 16 family members, though. Mm. That, was a little, that was a little too much. <laughs> Great to have them, but... with that we close out episode 143 and our two-part discussion about taking a baby to Walt Disney World. I of course want to turn this conversation over to you and hear what other advice you would offer to anyone thinking about taking a baby to the Disney parks 
or if there's a particular memory you have of taking your child to Disney. I, of course, want to hear all your answers and feedback, and you can send them to me in so many different ways. The easiest way is to reach out on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or LinkedIn, at Imagineer Podcast, on Twitter, at Imagineer News, or even better, you can reach out on our Facebook group, which is the Imagination, also called the Imagineer Podcast, Disney Fan Community. And that's a place that you get to chat about this subject and all things Disney with me and with other members of this listener community. So you'll get some more advice and continue that conversation and get to read some other answers to this particular podcast question and so many other topics as well. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartMedia, whatever your preferred podcast app is so that you never miss a podcast episode and you're aware when a new podcast episode becomes available. And if you have a moment to leave us a rating and a review, in particular at Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that's, that does so much to help this community out. It lets others know what to expect when they hit the play button. Perhaps you can leave a recommendation for a great place to start. Um, and it also helps increase our relevance when those who are searching for Disney find podcasts it helps us come up even higher in the search so rating and reviewing the show really does so much for this podcast and if you'd like to take your love of imagineer podcast to the next level definitely look into our patreon group over at imagine oh, sorry patreon.com slash imagineer podcast almost had it backwards but i do have a link over at imagineerpodcast.com as well our patreon group is a way that you can help to support the show and as a member you also get extra content including things like bonus podcast episodes, streamable binaural audio from the parks that you can play on demand. You can even download to your app. So if you want to listen to binaural audio on the on a plane ride to Disney or in your car or wherever you might not have service, that's another great way, another great benefit that you get as a Patreon member. Plus a private Facebook group. We do virtual events together. We have a uh, weekly Disney Plus watch parties. There's so much more. These terms and conditions are, of course, subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show. But as of a few weeks ago, I have revamped the Patreon experience for members. So now there is, instead of five tiers, one tier. It is one membership plan. But that one membership plan gives you access to everything and because i was able to narrow everything down to one tier uh you get more for less you get more content for a greater value you spend less per month to get that all that money does go to support the show because imagine your podcast is rather expensive to run especially when it comes to getting content for you by going having to travel to disney and come back um i enjoy it thoroughly but it is expensive to get all that content so to help us be able to get more content go more often try more things um, even things like going to the D23 Expo, um, all that, of course, uh, you know, we do need support to help get to those events. So being a Patreon member helps us out tremendously. Plus, even better, I actually donate a portion of proceeds, um, of all proceeds, to any uh, to various charities throughout the year. We switch it off every uh, quarter so you can learn and see what's currently available, again, over at patreon.com slash podcast. Last but not least, oh, before we get to that, I also want to make sure to talk about our 
travel partners. So the next time you are ready to book a vacation to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or Disney Cruise Line, Alani, any Disney destination, even Universal, uh, you can reach out to our travel partners, Magical Park Vacations, over at MagicalParkVacations.com or on social media at Magical Park Vacations. They are a complimentary service. They can help to plan and book your Disney vacation, um, and they can discuss all the options that are available. They're aware of all the discounts that are available. And if a discount becomes available after you book your vacation for your trip, they will automatically apply it. So behind the scenes can even save you money. I love that it's a complimentary service. You can learn more about them at magicalparkvacations.com. And if you want that extra personal touch, I talked a bit in this two-part episode about WDW Park Planners. They are a concierge planning service They really go above and beyond in maximizing your fun at Disney and relieving and alleviating as much stress as possible by taking on the planning for you. Of course, it's with your input and considering all the things you and your family want to do, and you can sort of edit the itinerary and plans that they come up with, Um, but you, you still call the shots, but they do all the work, so that makes it a really great tool for maximizing Again, your fun and your Disney vacation and sort of alleviating your stress. And I mean, personally, I also learned a lot because they do this all the time for clients. I go to Disney maybe once or twice a year, but they're constantly booking trips and getting feedback and talking to families so they really can help, based on your personalized interests, come up with the best plan for you. You can learn more about them at www.parkplanners.com. And in case I didn't sell Magical Park Tours enough, um, Connor is amazing. Um, and, and really, he made such a big difference in my day at Epcot. Like I said, I wish we had him every day of our trip. Um, it, it's really worth looking into. So if you want to have a personalized tour guide at Disney and have someone to help call the shots, someone you can look to um, to make the decisions for your family, Uh, and take all of that weight off of your shoulders if you're like me and you're someone who this is how you typically vacation is you're the person who calls all the shots and again i enjoy that but i found magical park tours to be even more enjoyable because that took all the stress off of me and they gave me an even better experience than i normally plan at epcot and they gave me time with my family and got gave me the opportunity to spend more time with Maggie and focus more on Maggie and and spending time with Joanna as well. And so that was so invaluable. Um, I can't even calculate the the value of of something like that. So anyway, I'm going to stop my sales pitch here. I don't get any commission for this. I just want you to know they're an amazing service. Of course, they do sponsor the show, um, but you can learn more about them at magicalparktours.com or on social media at Magical Park Tours. Last but not least, here we go. I want to remind you, as always, to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, whatever they might be. Um, If you're dreaming of taking a trip to Disney with your baby, if you're getting feedback that maybe this is not a good idea or, you know, they're never going to remember this or they just are too much to manage at the parks by yourself, um, you know, take Joanna's advice. Don't go truly by yourself. Bring family with you. But if... I can't tell you how wrong that advice is um, just based on my personal experience. So take that trip to Disney with your baby um, or with your toddler or with your child. Even if they don't remember, you will. And you're going to build so many new experiences and memories that you will remember and cherish for a lifetime. Um, And in life, anything you want to go after, go after those goals. It's amazing how when you follow your dreams, pursue your passions, it's a lot of hard work, but it is so incredibly rewarding to 
see the results. So go after your hopes and dreams, and remember as always that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. celebration every moment is amazing the joy is never-ending and the memories last a lifetime because when you celebrate with us nothing could be more magical contact magical park vacations to book your walt disney world resort vacation today call 585-662-3686 or visit magicalparkvacations.com